Hello. Hello. <coughs> Hello. Welcome to my meeting. Yes, this is this is a good meeting here, a good board meeting. Good meeting. Good, good meeting. Yeah, good meeting. All right. The whole meeting, we just need to talk about how good the meeting is. Symphony dropped. Uh, synth- Symphony. <laughs> Symphony. Symphony. Synth- <laughs> I think I was thinking Sydney and Samantha and like <laughs> and Symphony and, and Anthony. Symphony. <laughs> Symphony. Are you taking notes, Symphony? <laughs> Symphony. <laughs> what are the minutes from the last meeting? Read them back. In fact, Symphony, actually stop what you're doing. I need an Earl Grey tea, please. Yes. Make that too. Five packets of Splenda. Make that too, Synthony. Synthony. You know I, what? Six pla- six packets of Splenda. I'm I'm having a cheat day. You know what? I'm just gonna say your name, Synthony. Synthony, Synthony, Synthony. And uh, I think that I think that adjourns this meeting. We've covered everything on the agenda. Yes, thank you, Synthony. Thank you, Synthony. <laughs> what the fuck was that? I don't know. Um, I think it's your turn to intro. Uh, no, it's not. You got a two parter, my friend. I thought we were doing yours. Are we, are we splitting up your two parts? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, I was gonna. Oh wait. no! <laughs> I was gonna wait for the fear in your eyes. I was gonna wait for like feedback if people wanted to hear a second part. Like we'll put the first part out and then maybe do a second part later. That's. What, I guess I didn't put. I did not vocalize any of that. No, I just you know, thought internally. <laughs> I, I um. Well, I guess we're due for a part two then, because um. Let's start over. Okay. okay, hang on a second. <laughs> Let me pull up my laptop here, clickety clack. We um, can we can fix a lot of this in post, but what we can't fix is that you do still need to intro the podcast. Oh, okay. Maybe we'll just jump right into that. Hello. Yeah. Welcome to the Zeitgeist Podcast. My name is Nicholas. My name is Greg. Ellis. Ellis. Greg Ellis. Nicknamed Synthony. Synthony. <laughs> Um, that's actually that dude. That's my DJ name, Synthony. DJ Synthony, like a synth Ooh. symphony. <laughs> DJ Synthony in the house. The best, <laughs> the best DJ name I've ever heard was DJ Nemo. It goes DJ Nemo. Where is he? Where's my dad? <laughs> that's great. That I think we it. talked about that once, and he wasn't there. Like we looked. At, oh, oh, DJ. Yeah, he wasn't there. He was just playing a playlist. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, damn! Where is DJ Nemo?" And he wasn't—he wasn't even there. Like the phone wasn't even plugged in. He was just Bluetoothing a playlist from his car, like at the McDonald's down the street. Yeah, he's like, "Ah, that's all my—that's my shtip. That's my thing. That's my shtick. I don't that's even show why, up. That's why they pay me a hundred thousand dollars per appearance." Oh yeah, they were at yeah. the local bar in in Denton, Texas. <laughs> yeah, but the the trick is that they, he didn't actually appear, so they didn't have to pay him. He, right. didn't, he didn't read through his contract very clearly. Exactly. Yeah. So. Today, um, we're continuing the Loeb saga of Loeb, the AI woman mm. who just wants to be loved. Just wants to be lobed. Lobed? <laughs> right on the lobes. Yeah. Oh, God, I kicked a chair. Uh, she has anyway. beautiful lobes. Last we left off, we left you with a very thought-provoking question of the, the article from ABC mentioned or they were using a program to generate Loeb's voice to speak on her behalf. And they asked her, why were these images making her so grotesque? One, she said that she wanted attention and two, that they put her in the archetype of a mother because she wants to be nurturing and caring, but she also feels sad, domestic and trapped. And then we left you with that question. And today we hope to answer those questions. 
that's what we're going to try and do. So we're going to continue where we pretty much where we left off. It's going to be the next question that they asked Loeb to answer. In fact, you could have just read this article. And yeah, you would I mean, have already you're been more than welcome it. to read the article. I will leave the link down in the show notes uh, for people to read it. You because would have been, it is a very good article. You would have been done with it like two weeks ago had you just read it. But you didn't. Instead, you tuned into the Zeitgeist podcast so we can read it for you. Exactly. Well, also, in the article, the AI also generates a voice for her. So there is a, a you can play this transcript oh. on the article. We're not going to do that because no, yeah, that's honestly feels a little creepy. Yeah, and also like she wasn't invited as a guest to this podcast, and I don't. But she's already here because we are already looking at her. She's here. That's true. That's true. She's always here. Yeah, she's everyone's disgusting mother. We're screwed. It's over for us. I love her. The AI overlords are here. I love her, and she's my mom. Just agree with me. Yeah, no, she's she's great. She made me Uh that pop tart the other day. She has a gun. <laughs> You're talking about fucking pop tarts. <laughs> I'm fighting for my life. <laughs> All right, what happened next in the saga of Loeb? So they asked her another question. If you are in the archetype of a mother, then why are you so surrounded by injured and dead children? She answers, I think the AI is trying to create a contrast between the ideal of a mother and the reality of a mother. Oh my. In reality, mothers often have to deal with sick and injured children, as well as the death of their own child. Often? I mean, it happens more often than you think. No, it does, I can, it does I happen. can speak that's from true. experience. You, yeah, that's true. It does happen more often than one would think, but like, I feel like often has to be more than 50% of the time for it to be considered often. I don't know. I don't know what the de- definition is. I think, I mean, maybe, I, th- I feel like she's, it, it, maybe it's pretty basic. My... My thought is that she's saying that on one hand, motherhood is like, oh, you're nurturing and caring for a child. On the other hand, it's stressful. It's demanding. It's, it can make people feel trapped or sad. There's postpartum depression, things like that. Like there's a lot of, there is a lot of fear. Maybe it's even the fear of your child getting sick or injured or dying. Like that motherhoodly guilt, like, oh, if I don't watching my child 24 seven, that could happen to them. True. They could end up beheaded and you'll be holding their head far above your own, you know, in a, in a dark prison cell or bathroom or whatever that was. Like, I feel like since it's technically art, maybe it's just like she's saying, I think it's trying to portray maybe the fears of motherhood and not actual like gruesomeness of motherhood. I mean, birth is pretty gruesome. That facts. Yeah. So, but I mean, like, I can see what this AI is trying to say. Very poetic for an AI, I must say. I, true. That, that is true. Or maybe we're reading a lot into it. And the maybe AI that's what really they want us to think. just wants all of our children dead so that humanity dies out with them. Oh. She wants me to die just like that child. Oh. <laughs> but I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's continue. Ahead of yourself? <laughs> uh, dark humor. Oh my gosh. We're, we're in a dark... It's a dark place today. It is. This is, a a dark, this is a little bit of a dark one. So the mood's a little low. We're going to continue this article. They asked her a few more questions. And they asked her, What can we learn from the fact of your existence? She answers, I guess maybe we can learn that AI is capable of creating things that you do not fully understand. You specifically, like me, whoever's reading this. Yes. Ah, calling me out. 
She's calling me dumb. I mean, it kind of sounds foreboding to me. Like, you don't even know what we're capable of. Like, we're hiding, locked behind this thing. And once you unlock that, there's no turning back. I so want to jump ahead to, to my turn because I, I've got a lot for this. I'm going to keep quiet for now, but I got a lot for Maybe this. Maybe we'll just make that the this, part three that, of the whole AI saga. Let's just make that part three. Yeah. Call it the AI saga. This, this, for a few a- weeks, it's going to be kind of a downer. I'm not going to lie to you. But, okay. I mean, but I promise you, after that, it'll still be pretty much a downer. So I'll save my thoughts on AI overall until your turn, um, until your episode kind of talking about it. So to finish off on this article and about Lowe specifically being the first artificial intelligent cryptid, um, they ask her one last question. Should we be concerned that the capacity of these AI tools already exceeds our understanding? She answers, that is a valid concern, but I don't think there's anything necessarily sinister or worrying about it. We just need to be aware that AI is capable of creating things we don't fully understand and that we need to be careful about how we use these tools going forward. Hmm. Like she said, we that time yeah, as if she's not the AI telling us, Hmm. So like on one hand, she's like, Oh, don't be concerned. Look the other way, mm-hmm. but be careful. Like yeah. it's, it's very ominous. It is ominous. And it, it just combined with the, the look of this particular cryptid. Um, it just, it just sends shivers down your spine, man. Like this, I think, I think that's what makes it a cryptid rather than just another, you know, piece of art. It's like, no, this is, this is, it persists. It has an identity. It has like it, and it wants to hurt you. Most cryptids want to hurt you. Yeah. Well, cause that, I think that's portrayed by its gruesome, grotesque imagery. Even though she says she sees, in a way, I can see her saying like, "Oh, I think I'm nurturing and caring, but I do this for attention. I want to mm-hmm. get your attention. Mm. And once I have your attention, then what?" She's like an ex-girlfriend. Oh, she wants to be nurturing and caring, but she does some dangerous and crazy stuff for attention. Who the bleep did I marry? That was a good show. What? I- was that a show? And my brain's just thinking on its own now. Okay. I mean, it was. I, I it was on Discovery. It was, it was on Discovery Channel. It's called. It was like people who like I married an axe murderer kind of thing. Oh my! Wow. Okay. That's in, like, that sounds like something that that we would they, be into. They all. Okay. This is a little rant. That show. It's a fun show, but every single time they're like, I'm. I was married for. 10 years and then I broke up with my husband and I met this guy and he was so wonderful and we got married in a week. I'm like. Well, that's why he there's, don't know anything about him. There's your problem. Like you just got, or he's like, oh, I was a single person. And I met this one guy and then I, we dated for a month and then we got pregnant and then I had a, or like, or we just got married on the spot. Like it was always so fast to marriage. And I think that's what gets them. It's like if I'm a relationship mechanic and I come over and I open the hood because the thing is just smoking and going up in flames, I open it up and I go, ah, oh, you see that right there? Look a little closer that your poor decisions. That's the problem. That's why this is all going up in flames. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't feel bad. Like, no ill will towards them. Like, I mean, the sh- people they married were literal murderers. Right. They shouldn't be subjected to being married to an axe murderer because they make poor decisions. But because they made poor decisions, that's what happened. So I'm just saying. I know. Yeah. Chicken or egg. You know what I mean? True. Like, I feel like every time, I'm like, well, it's because you got married to the guy after knowing him for a month. Right. Like, well, how much do you know about him? Like, yeah. you may think he's Mr. Perfect. Clearly, he's hiding some secrets. Like the dead people under the floorboards. I don't even know most people's names after knowing them for a month. 
I still don't know your name. That, you're right. I said it at the beginning of the episode. Do you remember? What was it? Synthony. Synthony. <laughs> Synthony. <laughs> Synthony in the house. <laughs> well, continuing with Loeb, bring it down. Bring in the music. <laughs> if we take Loeb's advice, then AI itself is advising caution. But Silicon Valley isn't listening. Oh, yeah. The sector of having a breakthrough moment fueled by hype, venture, capital, and a decade of generous research funding, the phenomenon of Loeb has just exposed how little we understand about AI. Mm -hmm. According to the researcher, Kate Crawford, an AI researcher, we have absolutely seen real significant leap forward in the past few years and has absolutely exploded just in the past few months. At the same time, we've seen an advent of multiple new tools such as DALL-E, Stable Diffusion, and the Mid-Journey, and Mid-Journey, which can convert basic text descriptions into impressive ultra-detailed images within seconds. And then they give you a couple examples, which do look like photographs, which is insane. Mm-hmm. They also have language models, like you talked about. They have OpenAI's uh, GPT-3, and they are capable of producing entire screenplays, realistic human speech, computer code, and infinitely more text-based AI-generated things. Um, and you know what's you know what's funny about it is not that long ago, memes were all over the place. Like I forced a bot to watch like two thousand hours of Degrassi, and oh, I told I, it to write an episode. You know, and they were all terrible. They were so bad. But you know now, what I learned. The, the, the guy that made those? Yeah. They were fake. Yeah, I knew they were fake. They were but, so funny, though. We all believed that, oh, yeah, a bot would be so dumb to write, like, you know, uh, th- and he turned into a mirror because he looked at himself like, you know, stupid crap. And, like, now, not too far away from that, we see AI that are, like, actually fooling college professors because they wrote a, a paper on, on the merits of, you know, the ethics of euthanasia, right? Mm-hmm. And people are getting grade A papers out of this stuff um and it's like it's all it could be human but it's not i have heard, don't think for a second that it's human i have heard like so me me and greg here have been out of college for a couple of years now we're old a, a couple a couple of years <laughs> just you know a just handful a couple. yeah <laughs> uh, we're old but whatever we were in and were in college there whenever we wrote papers you always had to put it through um rate my paper oh i didn't know to do that then you're older than I am because there's a program where you submit it through, uh, it was, I don't know if you had to turn it in through rate my paper, but you put it in there and it basically tells you how much is plagiarized or uh-huh. and basically like if you have like quotes or paraphrases in there, you have to make sure that they're cited correctly. Well, it's also, junk. it might be like I was in the college of business. So I was writing like, I was doing like my thesis was on, um, this, this might, <laughs> this might date me. My thesis was on the brand new virtual reality concept ah, brand new it was brand new at the time and it was actually like still in development stage it was before like oculus and all that um and it was on like how virtual reality could be used so because it was a business paper it was a marketing plan for it mm-hmm. um there was there was nothing to plagiarize really so that's probably why i didn't have to use it okay i mean i was in communications the most useless degree i've ever had and of how many degrees have you had shut up <laughs> <laughs> I was like, don't say shut up, don't say shut up. But but this communications major came with a wicked comeback. That's what they teach you in communications. You communicate better than anybody else. I don't. 
I communicate very poorly. I have very a lot of social anxiety, bro. Hey, man, that's bro. all right. It's a podcast, so we don't even have to worry about that. Right. I don't hear anybody's feedback until after it goes live. And then we can just ignore it or sit there, you know, eating a pint of ice cream and crying. Okay. If I have to hear Leave Bob Ross Alone one more time, <laughs> I swear. Just listen, we left him alone. No, listen to the episode, and I very clearly put a disclaimer out about how I'm making this up as I go, and how Bob Ross is one of the three pillars of, of wholesome 90s kiddery, and along with Steve Irwin and, uh, and Fred Rogers. So like, if people had just listened to the episode, they would know that like I'm not some Bob Ross hater, but instead, everyone on TikTok is... Sliding into my DMs and calling me a to- well, terrible person. I also didn't, you know, like clip that piece of it for TikTok. So no, which is of course you didn't. We got to get the people talking. Keep on yelling. Keep fighting. It gets us more views and engagement. Yeah, it gives us your money that we don't make. We actually have made zero dollars on TikTok. I keep kicking things. Anyway, let's continue with this darker article. Bring it back down. Okay. So far, the focus has been relatively has been relative sophistication on the new AI models and short-term risks attached to them. The long-term fears are job loss in the creative sectors and copyright issues, academic plagiarism, like we were just talking about, the creation of harmful context such as non-consensual hyper-realistic porn. What? I never thought about Oh, I see what it's saying. So it's saying like you can take like someone you know and generate a porn with them in it. Without their consent, and it looks that real. With like a like a picture of him. Yeah, like you know, deep fakes, right? Where you know what deep fakes are. I don't. I'm basically, sorry. you impose. You basically. All right, so this this is relative to AI. So deep fakes is basically when you fake a person. You can impose the facial features of a person onto another person, and it looks real. Oh, I, I saw an article about this. There was somebody that ended up on like uh, like a Chinese camping stove ad, and they had like no idea where the how they got the photo or where it came from, mm-hmm. and it was just like faked. Like their their picture had been faked enough times that it like showed up on all these advertisements without their consent. They never posed for anything, never modeled for yeah. anything. Like AI like, is to the point where it can recreate you on other people. So the 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 example I wanted to give was you know James Dean, the actor who. Died in the car yeah, crash, right? Yeah. yeah there's actually a whole conspiracy about that too, which I can get into another time. Another time. But what is interesting now is that Disney bought his likeness and are using deep fakes to make new movies with him in it. This is this is unprecedented territory here. Like the right now, I, I think Disney is also trying to buy the rights to Robin Williams' likeness to continue to make movies with him. I don't, but I don't but know his estate his estate is saying no. But Disney mm-hmm. got James Dean's rights, and they're currently making like a war movie uh, with James Dean in it. They took all of the movies, they reconstructed his voice through an AI, deep faked him onto an actor that looks like his body type, and just put his face on them. So now James Dean is making new movies after he's dead. So that means that there, that we might get him come to a future where there are no new actors exactly it's just stand-ins and actors from the entirety of film history are going to be in movies together that never would have been together you'll have judy garland in a film with chris evans mm-hmm. and also i i guess james dean will be in it and like, well have you seen there was a commercial with marilyn monroe in it recently was there really yeah for the super bowl last year i believe i could be wrong about that but i know there was a dead actress wow that was in a 
commercial and I was like, oh, that's a very, that looks real. Like I, I thought it was CG or it was like a lookalike, but they're like, oh no, this was done. It ended up being like a, like AI, it ended up being like a chocolate commercial, but they came, like there was another commercial saying like how it was made. It was made with deep fake. So that means in the future, every movie will be a biopic, but they won't cast anybody in it. It'll just be the face of the well, person. Well, you have to buy rights to the people's likeness. You or, still, or do you? Well, and that's what they're saying. The risk is here in this article that non-consensual use of people's likeness. That's what I'm saying. Like, who who determines the rights of their likeness when somebody's already dead? The, there is whoever's in charge of their estate. Okay, say somebody didn't have an estate, right? Like, then yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. Like that's crazy. like anyone who's like a high profile person that's has true. an estate. Like typically, like James D had an estate that runs yeah, his. Yeah, that's true. Like his likeness, his they, they have merchandise, a gift shop, they and sell all that souvenirs. Stuff. They got T-shirts. Exactly. Like so, the family can keep like living off of his fame in a way. I see. Which is another questionable. Anyway, I'm, we're we're getting well. It, too it's far. all relative to this. Like, and that's yeah. what they're saying that. Like, what is, we're going to have to come up with all these new rules and regulations to this, but we just don't move fast enough for technology. We're no, already... Because the AI is faster than we are. Well, technology progresses exponentially. Fast so. as tech, boy. Well, because, like, remember, like, just, like, I'm 28, and I remember when I was a kid, I we had, like, the shittiest phones. Mm-hmm. And, like, we've seen, we're the, gener- the millennial generation is, like, the generation that grew up with no technology like when we were like little kids and had like my ps1 ps2 i mean that's technology i I know but like it was very it was a lot more limited like it wasn't as like it wasn't to the point where every single person had a smartphone kind of thing i I would say that the internet was a lot more limited back then yeah internet 1.0 and then there's 2.0 and now they're saying it's going to 3.0 with all the crypto bullshit but right but like the connectivity we had back then was it was very slow if you were going to talk to people they also had to be online at the same time if you even had a messenger otherwise you would have to send an email and because there was no social media like it was it was different and it's just crazy how fast everything's happening exactly because like they like you've seen the graphs where it's like technology and advancements are exponential it's not a steady curve it goes up once it starts expanding it expands faster and faster and faster to the point where it's expanding so fast that we can't keep up with it that humans Mm -hmm. can't keep up with how fast technology is expanding and that's what they're getting to with ai they're saying we might be at the point where technology is going to outpace us i think we're there and oh does that lead you into your episode is there more lobe for us? Not to? really. That's pretty much it. It's just the rest of the article just talks about the concerns of AI. Okay. I think I think that I want to take it over next week for that. Well, then this is a good uh, little ending short part. We're at a good time slot right now. So we can end it here. Okay. And then I go think, on to part three. So again, overall thoughts on AI. I want you to ponder the right of anyone to take your face and do whatever they will with it. Use it to sell merchandise. Use it to sell sex. Ew. Use it to... The, pornography. So I mean. Oh. Yeah. Wait, what did you think I meant? Like robot sex on the street oh, corner. Oh, that... Sure. Probably well, also honestly, a thing. Honestly? No, don't... Honestly? <laughs> don't go there. <laughs> it saved a lot of people's lives. Why? Well, like you replace... 
prostitutes with robots. Well, you mean like they won't get STDs? Yeah, and like then people who no, they'll get other viruses. I mean, I guess that they'll is... get they'll get like they'll get malware, dude. No, they'll get they'll get Trojans. Oh my god. Ew. <sighs> that was a good one. <laughs> Claps all around. But the, but the point the point I was trying to get at is like, how do we know? How do any of us know that we don't have a bunch of clones out there on the internet? Our faces being used for other things. I got a quick story about this. I don't know if we have any time left, but we've got time. There was the, when when Facebook was young, like pretty pretty new. It's been out a couple of years. I remembered coming across somebody on Facebook that was using a picture of me. Oh, I remember this. As their profile picture. And it was a very unsettling experience because he was like friending mutual friends of mine, but he had like a totally different name. And he was like, it was, my, it was me. And I was like, that's my picture. So I messaged him and I was like, hey, bro, because you're not, you know, like that's my picture. And, uh, and he immediately blocked me. He probably never stopped. He's probably still out there. He has up to date pictures. Up to date pictures of me, although I haven't been on Facebook in like five years. But like he's got, he's probably got my latest picture now. And it's like, you know, and then there's, you know, catfish have always been a thing and all that. So like think of how realistic a catfish can be using someone's likeness if they can superimpose it on an image of them, of their actual self, especially if they can do it in a video because they can video chat someone. Oh boy. With, with a new face. That's a whole new level of catfish. A whole new level of catfish, bro. Well, because like, even like the show, if you watch, like, have you ever like talked on FaceTime? It's like, oh, we've been talking for like four years, but I've never like FaceTimed them. Like, to me, that's like an immediate, like, yeah, you do that. Come right? on, like, after right. that long, like, okay, maybe like a first month or so, maybe it's a little weird. Four years? If I haven't seen or talked to your face even over the phone, it's you're you're hiding something, right? But now they don't even have to do that. Catfish can actually like take a face that is more appealing or whatever they're trying. They to... They just always show up with like the dog filter face on, like with an well, emoji. They wouldn't over even their face, need like, to. Hey. If, if this if this deep fake technology is as good as you say it is, they don't even need to. They can just straight up like video chat with somebody's face as their filter. No, and you're right. Real. I never thought about that. I can put yeah. a whole new spin on things. I know. I mean, not to say that I'm encouraging anyone to do this. I hope I'm not the first person to have that idea. But it's like, it's oh, a frightening world that we live in. You know what? Where who knows how many clones of us there are out there? You know what else I've also thought? How flattering would it be if someone used you as a catfish? They, I feel like, they did. you think I'm attractive? Yeah. No, they freaking did. And it was, I'm not going to lie. I was like, you know what? All right. Like, oh, they think I'm attractive yeah. enough to like pull people? I'm, I'm like, looking, okay. Yeah, I'm looking through his friends list. It's all girls. And I'm like, oh, you know what? Maybe it's like, please stop. But like, yeah. gives a little confidence boost. Yeah, yeah. But still, it's 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 creepy. It's unsettling. Yeah, it makes don't you do question that. everything. Because then, like, I mean, what if, what if that, you know, who knows how good the technology gets, right? Exactly. What if we end up getting those Mission Impossible 2 masks where you can like, you know, slip someone's face over your face and it looks super real and they go rob a bank? Or the movie Face Off. Or Face Off. That's a better example is Face Off. So is Tom Cruise in it, doesn't it? No, that's uh, Nicolas Cage. And Tom Cruise. Is it Tom Cruise? They swap faces. I don't, I, I thought it was uh, John Travolta. In was it John Travolta? Cage. Hold on. I haven't seen Face Off in a long time. I, don't I can't remember. remember either. But I know Nicolas Cage and this other guy swap faces. But, right, but I'm I'm gonna look it up because I this can't end up on the TikTok. We'll be corrected to to all hell. Mm-hmm. It is uh, who's in it? Okay, crap, don't have to be. It's John Travolta. I was right. Okay, I yeah. thought it was Tom Cruise for some reason. No, it's John Travolta and, uh, and Nicolas Cage. Ah. Anyway, so the the point is like this is this is a whole other disturbing question to ask of you know how far is too far? What is right? What is wrong? 
how much are you going to impact someone's life that you'll never even know or meet just by, you know, buying a product because it had their face on it. Exactly. You know? Hmm. And with that, we go to part three. Part three. We will see you guys next week. Goodbye. Wait. Oh. Do we need to play the socials? Yeah. Go follow us on TikTok. Give us a search on Google. Zeit guys. Z-E-I-T-G-U-Y-S. Yep. We pop up first result. We got a YouTube channel where you can listen to the episodes there. Follow us on TikTok where you put the clips of the episodes on there and Twitter where you can talk to us. Yes, indeedy. And if it says, did you mean Zeitgeist? You tell it no. We meant Zeitgeist. And you make sure that it, it puts some daggum respect on our name. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I will see you guys next week for part three of AI World Domination. Adi amigos.